0: Welcome into the Denver Stiff Show. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday night as we are trying to get in and out of here as soon as possible for a popular video game that is about to drop that Gordon Gross is so excited to go play. Join me, Lucky out course, here. Yeah, I, I am honestly lucky he is here. This is not as important as, as some things in life, and basketball going to wait. But this game is dropping right now, so. Let's let's wait on Gordon just a little bit. First of all, Deputy Site Manager Zach Mikosh is in the za- the house. Zach, how are you, man?
1: I'm doing well. I uh, I appreciate Brian. I really do appreciate the the dedication. Now you have to introducing me first on the show. It's not gone unnoticed. I'm I not had even to senior,
0: man. Like I, we showed up had to at to the same time. Right. <laughs> And and senior citizen writer Gordon Gross on the other line as you can hear. I, I feel Gordon, like what's up,
2: dude? Seriously, I I feel like Zach is like that <laughs> twin that got here like one minute ahead of time, and it's like I'm like the older <laughs> sibling. I get all the stuff. That's true. <laughs> like what that the is, hell?
1: That is, yeah, true. and you are but, too because I was uh, our first day at Stiffs. I was technically like interviewing. I wasn't actually officially till the end of that Stiffa Palooza. I was not officially offered. Well, I think I think sense. I
2: think Jeff just forgot. Well, I think Jeff was like, "Of course you're invited." You're like, "No, actually, you never said. You just told
0: me to show up. I didn't know I had the job." Right? Yeah. Of course. Of course, he didn't actually say that. He just kind of went along with it and said, "Oh, oh you're right, Jeff. I am here and I am ready. Let's go." He
1: really, really, I just left the meeting and he was like, "So, guys, Zach, I guess uh, you'll be on the email." <laughs> and
0: that was it. That I, was I guess so. Fired. <laughs> Uh, this was pre Slack days where everything was managed really well and smoothly via God. via communication channels that actually made sense. I remember those early email threads that made no sense that right. that See, Jeff I don't would know always how start. Those old
1: guys did it, man. Him, him, him and Andy replying Jeff,
2: to like Nate. the wrong email every time. Right. That was amazing. Mm.
0: Yes. I'm like, "What thread I, are we yeah. talking about?" Yeah. It's crazy cuz I I haven't been here for too long. But I was here long enough for that, or, or at least I, I was around for the tail end of that, where for the for the first year or so that I was here, we, we always had these email chains. and, and We will always be grateful to Ashley.
2: Ashley made it happen. She was like, look, oh, yeah. this is stupid. Jump in Slack. <laughs> right. She's
1: like, there's this thing called Slack. <laughs> and you guys will love it.
2: And I've used it yeah. that in Discord and, and whatever, but I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is better. Thank you for making sure that everyone got honestly, on
0: board. Honestly, game changing. That was very helpful. I really appreciate it, of course. Right. Um and and speaking of discord actually that's that's one of the the popular platforms for video games and we're we're going to spend most of our, our first segment talking about video games and basketball in general and just how the how video games and sports games kind of relate because the last of us 2 is coming out it it drops in 27 minutes and one of our one of our trio here has been anticipating this for a very long time. I even have anticipated this for a very long time, but I'm, of course, talking about Gordon. Gordon, what do you love most about The Last of Us 2, and why should the rest of us buy it? Well, this is just
2: funny because it's we're, we're in a time right now. There are no real movies dropping in theaters. You can't go watch anything. You can't go do anything. You're at home. So the biggest release... You know, uh, this is one of those releases. You know, it was supposed to come a little while ago, obviously, but this is one of those things where everyone is stuck. Everyone's waiting for entertainment. We don't have sports, we don't have movies, but you, you do have this video game, um, and it's going to be one of the best-made video games because they all of Naughty Dog stuff is terrifically made. They did Uncharted as well. Um, they they have an incredible story team. Um and I am exceedingly hyped about the fact that not only is there gonna be a great game, but there's gonna be a great story to enjoy. And um as a writer I've been missing my stories with all the movies being down. You're having to go to old movies and find them, which I enjoy. But right now, like the world is messed up and I'm I'm looking for um and I don't know if it's gonna be enjoyable escape. Like I don't I The Last of Us <laughs> isn't...
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll say about that. But. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's... I mean, I, I love playing it, but it's not relaxing. Like, <laughs> you, it's not something that you fire up and you're like, oh, let's just, you know, kick back and enjoy this pleasant atmosphere. Uh, that's not what The Last of Us was about. That's not what The Last of Us 2 is going to be about. Um, zombies and end times and you know, the last of the human race flickering out. So yeah, I'm
0: stoked. But it um, is it is one of those games that kind of transports you into a different world, and and there are very few games now that could legitimately do that. Just because we've we've become so distracted, I I would say by us as a society, and and the overall quality of games I think has has really waned with with some of the stuff that we've become used to in our everyday lives, and some of that stuff just isn't as exciting as it once was. Um, Zach. What game do you have a game system and which, which games do you think are that get you the most excited consistently to play?
1: I mean, so one of the things that I, I think that Gordon brought up that is that is huge for me in all games is like it, it's really about the story. Like, I remember my, um, my sisters could never understand why I like playing Final Fantasy because, right? It's there's not a ton of action, right? It's you press a button, people do things, but like it's all about. It's really you're more about like you're reading a book or or watching. Uh, I mean, not watching a movie because it takes many more. Usually, if it's a good game, it'll take far more hours than a movie. Or but like maybe watching like a TV series, a better uh, example. So those are those are the games I really get into. Uh, I I tell you what, man. Like even with all of its bugs and quirks and. Uh, frustrations. I I can't ever stop playing Fallout Four. That one is <laughs> yeah. it's and it's it's not even so much that the, like playing the game is is about it, but the fact that the the, the build mode and, and what you can do there, like yep. that that I could do that for hours. Um so that one's a huge one. I'm a huge uh I've been a Nintendo guy since the, the original Nintendo. I've pretty much had every single one. So um a huge Zelda guy. And uh you know, you're kinda talking about games that kinda take you into another world. Like I think uh, Breath of the Wild was a really great one that really did that. It was something that that franchise I think needed to do because they got to a point where their their game engine and their their platform that they presented Zelda in was kind of stale. It was pretty much the same thing over and over and over and over again. So, sure, I thought they did a great you know they did a great job. Switching that up to, uh, you know, open world concept and and exe- the thing about it, too, is they they executed the open world concept, in my opinion, better than anyone ever has. So that that makes it just an absolutely fantastic game. So those are probably, I think, the two that I get hyped for uh, the most that I own that I play. Um, I'm a big, you know, Rockstar is, is it puts out uh, quality games. They're another one that probably could use some tweaks to their engine or a new fresh take on kind of just the actual gameplay because it's. You can only play Grand Theft Auto on so many consoles, right? Before it gets pretty, <laughs> <laughs> true. pretty it's, old. It's <laughs> true. It's pretty
2: much the same thing, yeah. Right. Right.
1: So, um, but they're but they're always fun. I mean, they're they're and they have massive budgets, so they always make a good game with it. So right. Um, that's a big one for me. And then uh, I got there's some weird ones like we could get I could get into such weeds about games like Fire Emblem and uh, other kind of. Cult classics, I guess that that basically are never going to be huge release games, but they have Fox, just enough yeah. dedicated fans, <laughs> right? But they, I mean, they have enough dedicated fans, right, that they um, that they, they keep making them. So, um, Mass Effect sure. is another huge uh, huge game that I loved. Yeah, Mass Effect, another story game.
2: game. That's why it's right. Yeah, and one I of the first those.
1: ones that that really was like, hey, whatever you do in the first game, that's going to matter in the third game. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a really cool concept.
2: Yep. No, and that's what, like, I enjoy the story games. Like, um, we were talking before we got on, you know, but I bought a PS4 specifically because everything coming out, like, right before I bought it, for the whole next year, every, everything that was planned that looked interesting was on the PS4. You know, they right. were like, well, we have Spider-Man. I'm like, okay, I want that. They're like, we have Horizon Zero Dawn coming. I'm like, I, I want to play that too. They're like, well, how about these other, like, all the all of the story games, all of the you know the last of us was a ps4 exclusive like you know those are the games that uh, give me some good gameplay i'm going to enjoy myself but show me a story give me something to enjoy right like it, sure. it really is it's a it's a the visuals of a movie the story of a book and you get to play along with it so there's there's a bunch of different stuff to do um so yeah i'm i'm pretty hyped cuz i don't i don't really play things like i'm i'm not a forza guy i don't drive cars i don't I don't play Madden. I'm not like I've those games are like 2K. they're
1: like fun like once in a while, right? Like yeah, like going to the arcade and okay, but it's like it's very repetitive.
2: Yeah, if you have done it once for me anyway, like I I don't get a huge thrill out of doing it again, and I guess it's because I don't I'm not a tournament player. I don't go out and you know do all of that. When I was a kid, I used to play a bunch of fighting games, you know. Um, uh, but for those are short. Like the right. thing with Madden games, sure. is that shit takes a minute. Like you know, if you're gonna play a full yeah. basketball game or a full baseball game or a full soccer game on right, these that's machines, it's like an hour. It's an hour. You're sitting down to do it yeah, once, an and it's an hour. For sure. Yeah, and then you're like, "Am I gonna do this again today?" You know. Whereas I can right. play ten hours of a story game and not care.
1: That's and that's the, the trouble with like sports games too that the, the thing that I love about sports games most is like the franchise modes right and I like to yep. like build my, my franchise but then like it gets tougher cuz you're like well if I want to play Madden franchise okay now I got 16 hours of games I got to play to get through a season if I don't want to simulate <laughs> yeah. then you go to like basketball or hockey and you're like well, now I got to play 80 games like nobody has time for this
2: <laughs> That was yeah. me I bought I made I bought um MLB The Show a, a while back cuz they had Griffey in it and yeah. um, I, I get out, got into baseball in Seattle during 1995, so that was the only time the Mariners were ever good. So, <laughs> um, you know, you're like, well, I want to see how this plays. But, man, you play playing so many games. Like, you're playing right. minor league games. You're playing major league games. There's 100-and-something games in a season. You know, you're trying to fast-forward through the games, and the game is like, well, yeah, you can, but you don't get as much stuff. Right. And you yeah. just get sucked into this bog of, like, never-ending gameplay to get Just like game game yeah i'm like I, I shouldn't feel like it, work like, man like you I'm, I'm finally gonna get fun. through
1: the uh you finally get through that season and you're like oh i did it i got through the season it's like okay great and then it's like well now the next season starts so here's next season up keep- <laughs> yep <laughs> it's a definitely grind, not dude. as much
0: reward and in, in winning a championship in a video game and then having to go back and defend that title in a video game it's it, it doesn't make as much sense to to do that and given the amounts of People love it. That, and make, I, and I,
2: like I said, I think yeah. a lot of those people are tournament players. Like, a lot of people, right. they want They're to like play each online, other and not the computer because yeah. computer's not right. a challenge. They're like, I train right. and I play and I play every year so that I'm really, really good at this. And then I play other people who are really, really good at it. And I just don't have that time investment, man. Like, I I play enough to be pretty good sometimes, but I don't play enough to be good enough to play the guys who play all the time every year. Right.
0: Yeah, that's the same. I will me, also
1: say, oh, go ahead, Rand.
0: I'll just also say that games like NBA 2K and Madden, I feel like they've definitely run their courses in in our society right now, just because they they've brought the same thing to the table year and year out, mm-hmm. and just because the year has changed and some of the players have changed and some of them have gotten better, and you've made a couple tweaks here or there, the concept is still the same. Like we've we've seen some of these classic sports games that have come <laughs> out, like. Tony Hawk Pro Skater, NBA Jam, even Wii Sports or something like that. Like those mm-hmm. games that brought something completely different and unique to the table at the time. That's why they've stood the test of time. And games like NBA 2K and Madden, like you might get one here or there that really stood out for something game breaking, but it's are just, they're all just the, the, the same year, at yeah. the end. They yep. were I mean so. they
1: were game breaking when they came out and I, ca- I can say that for sure because uh, oh, yeah. I-, I was thinking about this cuz I knew we were going to talk about games tonight I was thinking about it, I was like is it true and I was like it is I've literally been playing Madden football longer than Ryan's been alive Yeah I have I have the original <laughs> Super Nintendo Madden football and let me tell you they really have not changed it in <laughs> 30 years like the graphics have it's got insane. way better Oh yes uh, the, there's more modes but it's the game the play of the game is still Pretty it's, much exactly. It's fairly similar. You, did you
0: see? Did you see the 2K21 teaser that they played? That was just basically a trailer of all of the beads of sweat on Zion Williamson dunking. see <laughs> that? Yes. Congratulations, guys! We've, I mean, we've really, again, your really guys are amazing.
2: This is terrific. <laughs> I just, I, and I guess that's for me. I can't, I can't replace like sports with with game with, with a sports game. Like, if I'm going to watch sports, let me watch sports. Because the kids can surprise me. Like, weird stuff happens. Like, people right. rise to the moment. Or, you know, I mean, I even, you know, for watching college sports. You know, you're like, I this may be the only time, you know, in the rest of this kid's life that he's going to play like this. You yeah. know, he's going to go off and sell insurance or do whatever. Yeah. But today, today he's he's the lord of all creation. And I I think that's great. Like, I love that. And I can't get that from a video game. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Very true. Very true. A couple of the games that, that stood out to me throughout my time. Uh, I've talked to you guys about Assassin's Creed before. Yep. Halo two That's was good. the primary game that I grew up on, and on top of being kind of an innovative game at the time and just a very unique one, it was it was a good story as well. I really I really liked the way that they carried this. I enjoyed story. Assassin's Creed, it's, yeah. Um, Elder Scrolls Five, Skyrim was yep. just one of the game-breaking one. ones. Yep. I, I love that. I, I could still play that one and it would be fine. Um, I mentioned NHL 2003 on the on the pod earlier this <laughs> week. Uh, but just because of the music and, like, yeah. Sweetness by Jimmy Eats World, that was, like, the music in some of these games have, have really faltered and they're not as what, iconic. Man, well, maybe I that's just a, because I was seven at the time. Game.
2: There was a snowboarding yeah. game called SSX that I used oh, to play yeah. because... The soundtrack to that game was phenomenal. If you ever look up SSX, I think it was SSX okay. three. they had a they had a radio station on the mountain that you were snowboarding down, and they would just play this jam, and it was just hours and hours of this amazing music, just like Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk was yeah. just had the most amazing soundtrack. You know, they're re-releasing Tony Hawk, and I'm I'm curious to see how much of that soundtrack they kept, um, how much they could give the rights to again, because I mean, it's incredible. Um, listening to all this, these skater jams yeah. forever. I, I love that about it.
1: That uh, Lots Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two man was. Uh, that's another one. Like I. Yep. I played a ton of that game. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. thing is, that was like the skater game that I played more than more than any of the others combined. And then I was I was never into the SSX. I uh, you know I'm an old school 1080 guy from those in 4 days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that might have been, like, the first snowboarding uh, game ever made. Other than or
2: well, I remember we
0: played we played Nagano Olympics, and there was some snowboarding in that. I before. did not
2: play Nagano Olympics, so you got <laughs> me there.
0: You guys have any fun. idea on on what some of the next great innovative video games could be, sports-wise?
2: I,
1: I, the thing that, that, that needs to happen is Madden Football needs to lose the exclusive nfl license and if they do that so that they allow someone else to actually compete because nobody else is going to make a football game if they can't use the nfl yeah right if you can't use real players yeah yeah but if they would let someone do that then i think that is where you'll see um some innovation but i think they just re-upped that if i yeah and
2: i i I was hoping that you know them paying the kids was going to help with making a college football game because the reason they didn't make it was they're going to get suited to oblivion yep yep yeah you know um the Ed O'Bannon rule was gonna kill everybody um, who tried and legitimately and it should those right. kids should get paid for being in this video game that other people were making money off of right sure of course, you know, but like tons of money yeah yeah like if, if' the license is worth a billion dollars, where's my money for these kids right. so I would like to see them get those licensing that licensing done and make a college football game because that that would be fun you could at least try some different things there things that work better in college than in the pros but like the problem is, is as games get better they get more like the sports that you follow in which case it's harder to differentiate them from what you would watch normally like you're now playing a game that is I don't know um I I start to find uncanny valley um stuff with it where it's it's a it's very realistic to a point sure. where the fact that that move looked not smooth drops me out of the game to remind me it's a game again. Like, it's hard for me to get... I could get more immersed when, like, the characters are less realistic.
0: Right. Yeah, um, there's, it's fair. It's fair. Like, I yeah, I and I've wondered
2: about the problem with NBA, with 2K. Like, you know, the players look close. I mean, Jokic didn't used to, but finally he's, <laughs> right. you know, a big enough name. Yeah. Looked like you know, an egg. He, yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't look like, you know, generic, you know, creation number 12. <laughs> you know, he looks like his actual self, um but it yeah. it's it's hard to it's hard for me to like I don't know, invest, I guess, in those things. So, the sports games that I enjoy are the ones that are are about just the enjoyment of playing and not about the work or the invest like the uh, dedication like I enjoy playing the skater games and the snowboarding games and the whatever because I'm having fun doing it and if it's not realistic I don't care am I doing moves that could never be done? sure but I don't you know it's it's against the laws of gravity but I'm cool with that like
0: right. some of that's the fun it. of it
2: yeah it's right. fun and, and you know the guys who play it you know wind up getting out on the slopes and going ahead and trying that stuff out like Tony Hawk wanted to do a 900 because he did it in a game and he was like well if you could do it in a game maybe I could do it in real life like everybody thought you couldn't do it. He's like, but I think maybe I can do it. You know, and that that comes from a lot of that that crossover where some of it's realistic and some of it's just that side, and it's more fun that way. And I the, the more realistic the sports games get, I guess the less the less they interest me over sports. I would just watch the sport. Although we may not have that choice for a minute, so <laughs> may need to buck up reinvested. for some more sports use. Yeah, get that esports investment's <laughs> gonna pay
0: off, man. That's right uh okay well then let's take a quick break that was a good discussion on some of these video games i think it's going to be really interesting to see where that goes because i've i'm uh i'm looking forward to to taking my video game expertise and combining it with some basketball and sports talk because we haven't really been able to really do any of that before so i'm, I'm looking forward to it let's take a quick break when we come back we'll talk about nuggets basketball we're going to talk about first round opponents and michael porter jr we're back this is the Denver Stiff show I'm Ryan Blackburn your host of course joined by Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross had a good time talking about video games in the first segment and now we're going to talk about playoffs because it's coming closer it may not feel like it it may may still feel like we're we're a while out but hey we're about two weeks away from the first from the first of July and then once we get to the first of July it's a month out so we're 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 getting really close. We're about six weeks away. I Ryan's that like that person
2: head. who's like, my birthday is around the corner. When were you born? December, but like, <laughs> you know, soon it's going to be solstice, and then hey, it'll be my like so the school year starts, passed. and then what, it's Halloween. A, the
1: <laughs> accurate, I think, the best way to to describe it how close we are is we're about six weeks out. Which, if in a normal season, that would mean we'd be having media day basically this week.
0: Yep. Uh, that's, that's when we start to get excited, honestly, like that's, and that's good. That's, yeah. Remember when we were at media day, this, this past, this past week or this past year, and there were storylines that came out of that. And some of those were interesting. Some of those were non-starters, but one of those was Michael Porter Jr. And he turned out to be a bigger story than almost anything in the Nugget season this year. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, I was going to say he became but, – but the thing that, that's the bummer about it, right, is he became a big story more about I think at least part of it was Fueled because he didn't play as much right. as people wanted him to. And that that is the I guess somewhat of the bummer because like you would love it to be like, yeah, he became a huge story because he was awesome and, and now he's a huge part of this team. I think we're still looking though, right? We're still wondering like is – Michael Porter Jr. going to be a star player that's what I think I think we've all seen enough to be like yeah he could definitely play in this league and yeah he's definitely talented but like do we know he can put in 30 plus minutes a night and and consistently put up 20 to 25 points a game shoot 40 percent from three we don't know that yet so that's that's the downside of him, I guess. Being a big story is there's a lot of the the big story that he was this year was
2: well. I is mean, we wouldn't necessarily know play? that anyway, though. Like, I mean, if 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 he had played what we expected him to play, which was twenty minutes a game,
1: we'd have a better idea, though, right?
2: Yeah, we'd have a better idea. The problem is, is we've seen just enough. the The problem right. is, he sort of is he's both like the backup quarterback who who is famously referred to as the most popular guy on any team. Sure. You know, and he's also, like, the, the star in the making. Like, it's it's sort of like watching Aaron Rodgers during a preseason, then he sits, except he's not sitting for Brett Favre this time. You know what I mean? Like
0: you're Patrick Mahomes in the final game of the Kansas City season in, like, 2017, and then he immediately right. takes over in 2018, right. and looks pretty good. There yeah, it's, it that's, that's where you're at.
2: You're, you're hoping that he's a Mahomes type. You're hoping that you know you've seen the ridiculous level of talent that he has and you're like man if he gets that rust off like what the nuggets are waiting for even this year is how much can he help us right now and we asked that in media day (laughs) and the answer was i don't know like by the end of 65 extra games and some preseason and whatever we we still we don't know how much he can help we know he can be helpful we know that he's got game when he's gotten minutes, but like, so,
0: it's a ceiling question. Yeah, i th- I think I've I think I've rounded into form on three different ceilings for Michael Porter Jr., and those could be based off of a variety of outcomes, based off of health, based off of his exposure and, and his willingness to do certain things, whether he he ultimately gets healthy enough to maintain 30 plus minutes a night on a consistent basis, whether he can only do that for 50 games, which basically makes him Joel Embiid, but be that as it may. Uh, I, I've come around to three different outcomes, and that is the the star type bench player who Flamed out that everybody thinks is better than he actually is. Uh, everybody yeah. continues to trust that potential and it never really translates to production because he never truly figures it out. That's so one J.R.
1: Smith model.
0: That's kind of. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the first name that really came to mind there. Um, ultimately figured it out later in his career, but then stopped figuring it out when LeBron James left. Um, the next one is the Zach Levine model or – well, maybe not even Zach Levine, but we're, we're going to call it the the empty calorie star. Somebody who continues to put up great stats, who Andrew puts Wiggins. up really great numbers. Not yeah. even that. Like, Andrew Wiggins is even a tier below that. I think that a median Drummond. outcome. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. a, That's a decent one. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I was kind of thinking, like, closer to Bradley Beal even. Somebody who could put up 30 points per game on a losing team. And maybe it's not necessarily translating into full on wins, but you can still respect the body of work that they've put in. Some people have them as a top twenty player in the NBA based off of certain things, and some people don't necessarily see him as as impactful as a guy like Drew Holiday or somebody like that. So, like um, a
1: Kevin Love, right? Because, like, I mean, even though Kevin Love has got a couple championship rings, but or well, one championship ring, but. But right, Kevin Love, yeah, a guy who, sure. who put up great numbers and was a huge star. numbers in
0: Minnesota on losing teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, yeah, that right. I could see. Maybe and even a little won bit lesser brought. than that, just because I I think Kevin Love, despite he, he he was a good scorer and a good rebounder, but he also put in some good assist numbers, and he also uh, did some other thing. But actually, not as not as much as I really say. So Kevin Love probably a good option there. The third option is the full-blown star, the full-blown top-ten player type, or maybe an all-NBA, we'll call it, all-NBA caliber player, Paul George, uh, the future version of Jason Tatum, borderline Kevin Durant, that kind of player who truly impacts a team and and can change any game, playoffs or otherwise, uh, and really changes the calculus for the entire franchise. But we don't know any of those outcomes. We don't know which of those is the most likely because we just we just haven't been able to see enough to really get a gauge of it. Well, even if you've seen
2: enough, you, wouldn't, you, you can't peg Kevin Durant as being Kevin Durant in year one. Yeah. Like, I watched Kevin Durant year one in Seattle.
0: They didn't win like, much.
2: you know, he's great. You could tell he was going to be great. You couldn't tell whether he was going to be Kevin Durant. Right. Like, because you're like, well, he's on a bad team, like... You know, he has nobody around him, so he looks good, but he's pretty skinny. Like, you know, is he really going to be able to keep this up if when people key on him? You know... Is he
1: just going to be a a shooter? Is he just going to hang out at the three-point line and that's all he's going to do? Sure. Right.
2: It's very much like the Devin Booker question, right? Like, how good good is Devin Booker? You know, we're years into his career. We don't know that. You know... We're going to see. see, Michael Myers
1: Jr. comp, maybe.
2: So, so for it's, it's me, it's decent at least. It, there's no way we would know who Michael Porter Jr. is this year, but we know who he's not. Sure, like you can tell that he's not without he's impact. Not a bum. No, he's not a bum.
0: You can, you I can also tell don't that, think that he's he Andrew is, Wiggins. He is not, he's not um, stiff. Yeah, uh, Anthony Bennett. Yeah, right. and that's that helps in at least giving him a little bit of cushion to at least try and see what what some of those outcomes could be. But I still think it it makes him playable. He's gonna get minutes.
2: Yeah. Like maybe he's Grant Hill and he breaks down all the time. You know. (laughs) Like I don't know. Maybe he's you know just a bench guy because you can't play him thirty minutes a game, but you can play him twenty. You know. I I don't. I don't know what that is. But so far, he hasn't had any minutes problems. When they played him more minutes, he's had more impact. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's it's hard for me to like wonder to worry about his health at the moment. Because the injury that he had is an ankle injury.
0: Yeah. And the one time that he had his back flare up, it wasn't even like, it was like a, hey, I don't necessarily feel right. Give me a day of rest. And then he cautionary. was right back. And he was yeah. doing the same things. And he was right. looking great. So yeah. I think you're you're right about that. And, and I still think that so much of Denver's future, it's tied to this guy. And I continue to believe that Denver's long-term prospects with him, Murray, Jokic, Grant, all of them playing together, all of them kind of kind of fitting together. And notice, I did add Grant to that because I still think very highly of the dude. Um, I think that that quartet could be the making of a really really strong team, but we haven't seen it quite yet, and I don't know if we're going to see it over these next few weeks. Right.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we will either, and I think that's. Again, that, that's going to be the bummer. I mean, it, I won't – I'll just say I won't be shocked if Michael Porter Jr. plays not at all. You know, if he's not in the rotation for this, this final run.
2: I would be shocked. Um,
1: you can see, but I, I just feel like – one, I feel like the rotation is going to tighten up. It's certainly not going to probably go any longer than nine. Right. Um, and so you already know – you know Monty Morris is going to play. You know um, Jeremy Grant is going to play. And so now you're down to two spots and it becomes, okay, well, and, and so you start talking about the, like the, the matchups and, and honestly, like who are Malone's favorites, who are his trust guys? Well, his trust guys not Michael Porter Jr. It's going to be the other two guys that he could play, which would be Tory Craig and Mason Plumley, right? Mason so Plumlee. yeah. Yeah. Whereas I guess I could see certain matchups definitely like, like if they play the Rockets, right, I could certainly see then, yeah, you don't really need to play Mason Plumley, So maybe Michael Porter Jr. gets minutes there um but you know if they play also if they play the rockets tory craig is definitely going to get minutes so it's it's just i i mean like i said i i, I won't be shocked I, I i hope he plays i think it's a good idea for him to play but if it wouldn't i mean it's coach malone and it's going to be the playoffs like if malone goes trust guys it i it wouldn't shock me so
0: Let's flesh that out a little bit, because we've kind of heard a little bit, at least, about the schedule. We've heard a little bit about what we think is going to happen. that there are going to be three exhibition games, basically preseason games, that don't count towards anything before the eight seeding games that are coming. And then they'll get into the playoffs, and we'll figure that out from there. In those three exhibition games, do you think he plays minutes? Do you think he plays... Not at all. Like, are because I think I would bet him to play about twenty minutes a piece. Same, well, I would expect that.
1: So, so what I would say is, if he's going to play. Then yes, they'll play him, obviously. But if he's not going to play then no, because I don't think coach is going to If he doesn't use play in the those... exhibition
2: season, yeah. I agree. Yeah, right.
1: And I don't think coach is gonna use those three exhibition games to get guys minutes that aren't gonna no- get nope. minutes for like, you know, for this run. Like, it's not like a normal preseason where okay, everybody's gonna get get some time. Like, no, he's gonna he's gonna go with I need to get these guys ready because these are the guys that are gonna be playing for the next twenty games or whatever it's gonna be.
2: Right. Now Hopefully you know Malone, games. though. You know Malone Spent every waking minute of his whole lock up coronavirus time watching film. I like don't know. you
1: know. He might have been, you know, <laughs> buying combs and pomade, and...
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, for his <laughs> new mane that he's got going on. Yeah, like I, it's one of those things where I, Malone usually, when we get to media day, Malone always says, "I rewatched everything. Like I, I changed up what I'm doing. I'm going to have different defensive rotations. I'm going to do stuff differently." Like I, I I evaluate myself. always evaluates. I still think that he evaluated. How did I use Michael Porter Jr.? Like in the moment when I was caught up in the moment and I'm trying to win games day to day, I probably didn't use him enough.
0: Right. So we hope. We hope that's that's the evaluation. I hope he came to. So in those three exhibition games, let's say, let's say he plays. 20 minutes apiece because if if Gordon thinks that if it, I I don't necessarily see a reason why he wouldn't at least try to give him an opportunity to get comfortable in games that don't matter. Like you could you could say hey, yeah, we're going to play Jokic 35 minutes in this exhibition game and that makes a lot of sense. But I don't necessarily think that that makes sense for the team and I don't think Malone thinks that makes sense for the team either. I think he'd say, "Okay, hey, you're going to play three stints. You're going to play your normal 8 minutes in the first quarter, 8 minutes in the second quarter, 8 minutes in the third quarter and then we're gonna go from there but like and so i think that there's going to be extended time in some of these games for porter to at least showcase himself a little bit try to prove that he's he's engaged try to prove that he's figured some stuff out and frankly if he just makes every shot he takes then it's really hard to bench him no matter what right (laughs) and he could too like he really could but <laughs> if really he gets, if he those gets blown by
1: on defense three times in a row, it doesn't matter when I mean, he shots. Then he'll get benched again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. So then let's talk about the seeding games. Uh, eight of them. Most likely going to come against really great opponents. Um, yep. If it's anything yeah. like what the schedule was going to finish up for the Nuggets, it was going to include the Lakers at least once, the Clippers at least once. You had the Toronto Raptors in there, you had the Spurs twice, which is kind of a reprieve. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of other tough opponents in the there. Thunder um, twice
1: in the Heat, I think, would be the other one.
0: Okay, I I so against all of those teams, how many minutes does Michael Porter Jr. average?
1: Well, I mean, again, the hope would be twenty, right? That would be because, uh, uh, again, I especially once we're talking games that count for seeding purposes. Like it's it, for our, to me, in all intents and purposes, it's essentially just an extension. It's an extra round of the playoffs, yep, right? That sure. you're playing right there. So, like. I, If he's – I would expect if he's in the rotation and he's going to be part of their playoff rotation, then he's probably going to normally get 20 minutes. If he's getting killed on defense, that might dip down to 15. If he's knocking everything down and holding his own, he might get up to 25, 30. So it's just going to – but that's where I would expect him to be. I expect him to be coming off the bench. Uh, and either playing at the four next to, to Grant and when they're playing small ball or playing in some big scenarios where he's either playing with Jokic and he's at the three, or if they're going to play Plumlee, then you might see him with Grant again, and they're playing sort of a bigger lineup, and then he's more in that classic three position. But I think 20 minutes is, is what you should expect if he's going to play.
0: So that lineup that you mentioned with, with Porter at the 4 and Grant at the 5, I think is so interesting for Denver going forward because I think it's actually their best option in the playoffs when Jokic is off the floor. I think your your best way to do this is to, in, in order to score enough points to stay in the game, make sure that you're not giving up too many points, but, but you still have to keep guys out there in order to score, is you play your two point guards uh, in Morris and Murray, Or you could play Barton in place of Murray if you want to stagger. Uh, You play Craig at the three. He's not going to necessarily do a lot for you offensively, but with Grant at the five and Porter at the four, I'm not sure how much it matters as as opposed to Jokic at the five and and Grant at the four or Millsap at the four or whatnot or or Plumlee in that case. So, what do you guys think of that? What do you what do you think if 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 they went into the playoffs with that in mind, if or if they at least tried that out, you think that sticks? You think that's a way the Porter could stay on the floor and at least have an impact? I mean, I
1: like it. I think it's a good, um, like you said, it's a good way to supplement, I guess, Jokic not being there by really you're giving, you're giving some more uh, options in terms of players who can create for themselves, right? So you've got some more offensive options. That's the thing that the Nuggets run into a lot when they're not playing Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. The troubles they run into off their bench is okay. Monty Morris is a creator, but a lot of times he's surrounded by four of the guys who aren't great shooters. So especially when you're playing full bench, so that doesn't give you a ton of options in the offense. And then there's nobody else because you know if if you're playing that full bench group, then you've got you got Torrey Craig and you might have. Uh, it was for a long time, was Malik Beasley, who's, I mean, I guess he was your one shooter there, uh, right. you would have, but now it's probably P.J. Dozier, and then you've got, you know, you've got Grant. Like P.J.'s not a
2: shooter. Yeah. Right,
1: yeah, P.J.'s another guy, P.J.'s kind of a utility can Swiss Army knife guard. Right. Uh, yeah. And then you've got, you know, you got Plumlee, and then if you're, even Grant, again, I mean, he shoots well from three uh, and has this season, but he's not another guy who's not going to create, and so it's just like,
0: I feel like... He's also only one guy. Like, like eight guys.
1: And I feel like you're just basically stuck to, okay, we're going to run a normal, just basic offense, point guard heavy offense with Monty Morris... But there's just not enough horses around him to actually make that work because there's no go-to scorers off that bench. Whereas if you have Michael Porter Jr., then it's like, boom, there's your, there's your huge go-to scorer. And if you're staggering Will Barton and Jamal Murray in there as well, yeah. now you've got some more Well, they were doing that at the end of the creators. year, too.
2: Like they, were, they were staggering Murray onto the Morris squad to try to get some more playmakers and creators and shooters.
0: Right. And it, it mostly worked. The one thing that they ran into, though, is that instead of Grant at the 5 and Porter at the 4, it was Porter at the 3, Grant at the floor, Plumley at the 5. And while that can work, and while it's probably a little bit better defensively than playing Grant at the 5, I'm not sure how much better it is, especially against bench units, especially against teams where you really just usually are facing teams that just have great guards that are breaking down the opposing team's guards and trying to mitigate damage. Um, think of the Jordan Clarksons of the world right, the like yep. uh, guy, guys like that or your 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 microwave guys like I, I really do think that there's something there and that would be the way that i say i could see porter making an impact is right. playing as the bench four and just trying to give him as, as many opportunities as he can to make an impact maybe some well, and and think about threat.
2: Morris is Morris likes to do that Morris likes to run the team and throw oops and help guys out and get them in position right yeah, you know, like it. You would think that that if you're trying to score, that you'd want to set up your mismatch. You'd want, if you can, you'd like to see, um, um Michael Porter Jr. at the three, just because he's a really big dude. Right,
1: the size, yeah. The like size. just just
2: height wise, yeah. it's hard to find a guy to cover him if you've got other guys on the floor. Like, could you play Millsap at the five? Yeah, you can play Millsap at the five. Sure. Like especially on bench units, and then maybe you play Grant at the four. Like you have the the thing is they have options, but what Malone's not going to like is none of those options have really played together. Right. So they don't have good defensive though. chemistry. Right. So you're playing pickup squad against think, the other team, trying to just score more than the bench scores and not really worrying about as much defense. And Malone's going to hate that. Like that's that's not yeah, what he wants.
1: He's we know Malone's going to be a. Uh, I mean he's, he's a defense first guy and he's always going to be that with coach and I think that's kind of one of the issues that they ran into when they were kind of moving Michael Porter in and out yeah. of that bench rotation is there they you know gear when you're in the grind of it you don't exactly have time to just add in new wrinkles and practice them yeah you try and get that but a lot of times you don't get a chance to practice for a week or two you know however may it be just depending on the schedule and so they would be trying to insert Michael Porter Jr. at the bench three instead of Torrey Craig, but their whole offense for their bench unit was set up with Torrey Craig at the three. So what happened yep. is Michael Porter Jr. just ends up standing in the corner because that's what Torrey Craig does. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's just a massive waste of that guy's talent was, because now it, he's just standing there. It was
0: probably the biggest oversight of the first 20 games of the season, in my yep. opinion. Right?
2: Well, it yep. happened after that, too, but. Just just having Michael Porter, on, Porter Jr. on the floor as a spacer who never gets the ball is the weirdest idea to me when you know that the guy can shoot and you know that he can break guys down and score, not just shoot. Like, how are you not utilizing that in any offensive sets? But it's because they didn't have him to start. He didn't start playing for them right. until, like, December, January. Right. You know, yeah, so, so they weren't ready. So- and so now Malone had a chance to look at that, and the question is... How do you modify... You're going to have some practice time, which you haven't had all year. Right. You know, you've deal. got the chance to set some mm-hmm. sets up. You're going to get some practice time to get this stuff moving. So can you add in, P.S., this is what I want you to do, Michael. I have these five things I want you to do. You know, and I'm going to play you 20 minutes a game. Yeah, you can. Um, but it's going to require Malone to be patient. And it's really hard to be patient
0: when you're playing for everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay.
0: Final thing about Porter, and I was I was going to talk about playoff stat lines, but I just I just don't think it matters that much. Uh, can the Nuggets beat the Lakers with Michael Porter Jr. playing? yeah.
2: The question is, can they beat them at all? I think they have the same amount of chance to beat them that they would have if Michael Porter Jr. wasn't playing. But I think he's at least a, me- a right. matchup issue.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, so that's it's the little- thing. That's the thing. Uh, I want. I want to hash that out because does Does Michael Porter Jr. make a tangible difference in either of those series?
1: I think. I mean, it, it, against the Lakers, it's it's a kind of pick your poison because what we're talking about is probably the person defending LeBron, um, <laughs> yeah. and or at least parts. Because I mean, yeah, you could probably throw Jeremy Grant at LeBron as well, but um, there's going to be times if you're having Michael Jordan, Michael Michael Porter Jr. I got those uh, two
0: confused, too. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) It'd be nice to have Jordan. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, if you're going to play him at the three, he's going to probably get matched up at LeBron, which is, okay, he's got the size, he's got the length, but he's just not the lateral quickness and the strength is not there, you know, to, to go up against LeBron. And your other option is probably, you know, if you're not playing him, it's Torrey Craig, right? So you're playing at that bench three spot. Well, Torrey's got, you know, the more that quickness and is a tenacious defender, but he's, like, you know, three inches shorter and, again, probably giving up about 30 pounds. So, like, I don't know – I'm kind of pounds. with Gordon. I don't know that I don't know that either one of those is uh, going to be a great option against the Lakers. So it, it, I guess in that case, you, you're probably better off going with Michael Porter Jr. You because you the get score, the offensive man. end. Yeah, and yeah. you just try and outscore
2: him. Yeah, yeah. You're going to just put points up. And the thing with Michael Porter Jr., I enjoyed – Watching him play against the Bucks, there were a few series against the uh, against Giannis where you got to see him make Giannis think length. about some stuff, right? Yeah, because he's so long, like he's Giannis size. He's not Giannis built,
1: but neither was Giannis yeah. when he was a young guy. You know, correct. I mean, like, he did not come yeah. in with shoulders as wide as like my entire body,
2: uh, right? <laughs> so, like it's it's one of these things where it, Michael Porter Jr. gives you the the physical option to one-on-one cause some guys some issues. The problem is he's not necessarily where you want him to be as far as defensive scheme. You can tell by how many times Will Barton yelled at him. (laughs) And he's not like... That's not where his game is yet. He's not out there at some 6'10 lockdown defender. You know, he's out there as buckets like, if you give right. me the ball, I'm going to score. I will also rebound like crazy. And those are two things that will help you against the Lakers. If you can not give up the rebounding disadvantage, if you, if you can keep rebounding at least even, you've got a shot. Because they're the best rebounding team in the league.
1: Right. Right.
2: You know, like and they, the and team. they've got
1: the guys to throw at Jokic because they've got Dwight Howard and they've got JaVale McGee, which I know those guys don't do much, but I think we've seen they plenty of times. Yeah. Like, yeah, they they give him troubles because they're big and physical and they're just annoying. Yeah, they just harass him and make it hard on him to get the board. So you've got to have He can't clear the glass support. the way
2: he normally would. Right.
0: They also so, have Anthony Davis. That's a big factor. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: and, then, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, Anthony Davis is a massive – uh, thing, but that's th- we have always seen where Jokic struggles is, and, and I think Utah has been the has been the proof this year because Derek Favors isn't there anymore, and Jokic yep. doesn't struggle against Utah. Where he struggles is when there's two big athletic guys at the four and five that they can just switch off and and can just. Clog up the lanes and get on the glass. It makes it tough for Jokic to get to just get into position that he's so good at doing because he's right. getting he's has to fight through so many tough box outs, no matter what side of the lane he's on.
2: And that's and so the, what you're looking for is a guy who can help. And the easiest way to get a guy who can help is have a guy with a seven foot whatever wingspan to catch passes from Jokic. Yep. You know, like
1: who's awesome on the boards?
2: Who's awesome on the boards? Like Michael Porter Jr. is is legitimately. Like, there's no ceiling on his ability to rebound, and I don't understand. Right. I was not expecting him to be a rebounder. And so a shooter who can rebound like that is a unicorn. The Nuggets are filled with them, but, like, he's a it's... unicorn. Like, I, I haven't seen anybody but, who profiles as Kevin Love but scoring like Kevin Durant. Like, it's just a weird skill set. And he's a baby, and you can't trust him, and I get it. But when you look at what he could do for you, you have to play him against the Lakers. You're going to miss some, some rotations. It's going to happen. But that's no different than, like, Tory Craig being scored over by, you know, Anthony Davis.
0: Yep. Like- Two rapid-fire <laughs> questions before we go. Um, the first one being... Does Michael Porter Jr. win the Nuggets a playoff game this year?
1: I'm going to go with yes. If he, play, again, it's, if he plays, and I don't know that he will, but if he plays, then yes, I think there will certainly be one game that he is going to basically gonna do what Jamal Murray did to
2: the Spurs yep. in Game 2 last year. Nope, I agree with that. And the thing is, Jamal's going to help that. Like, Jamal do, knowing how to play in the playoffs, Jamal knowing his game with Jokic it frees up Michael Porter Jr. to do things like sit at the three-point line and wait for Jamal to kick it out to him. Like, it frees him up to be the scorer that you feed. Um, All he has to do is get hot. All he has to do is get hot. You know, and have people recognize it and be on the court enough for it to matter. Because getting hot and not getting fed is a problem. But yeah, like, the Nuggets are set up for that other scorer, you know, to be the guy that breaks it open. Um, Jamal and and Jogic did everything they could last year. They didn't have a third scorer, and they and lost that third guy. Yep. And they didn't have it. And now that they have it, if they play him enough, yeah, I expect him to get hot.
0: Second question: Does he play twenty five plus minutes in a game?
1: I'm gonna go with yes again. And it's a, the, the the game is <laughs> probably the same game, right? Yeah, yeah. Answers for both questions probably the same game. But yeah, yeah, I think I think that's what happens. He's gonna get like says. he's gonna get hot. He's gonna and coach is gonna be playing him because he's gonna recognize, hey, I can't I can't sit this guy down. He's winning us a game right now.
2: When, and coach isn't afraid of that. Like <laughs> he will run yeah. you into the ground if you're hot. Like yeah, he, I, he did to Will Barton on several occasions last year. Like, if you're good and you're you're my only chance in the second half, I'm not sitting you. You're gonna have to get out there. I'll call some timeouts, suck some wind, hydrate. Have a Gatorade and get back in there.
0: <laughs> Have a Gatorade, kid. Um, Actually, last one. Does he start a playoff game or no?
1: That one, I'm going to say no. Just, I, I don't see because I, I think... I don't think so. If you're going with your normal starting lineup that you've been running with most of the year, then I think the first adjustment that you make is bringing Jeremy Grant in, in one way or another. And so, like, you're you're going to basically be choosing between Jeremy Grant or Michael Porter jr. which one of those would you bring into the starting lineup and I just think you would probably choose Jeremy Grant first
2: well and you've got you've, you've got go- both Gary Harris and will Barton healthy right so mm-hmm. you don't need the kind of starter that he would be and if one of them gets injured for some reason you've got Tory Craig who already knows how to do that you've only let Michael Porter jr start one game this year right yep so you're not going to let him do it in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, right. Like, well, you're going to let him
2: do the role that he's used to, which is wait on the bench, get up off of it, score some buckets.
0: If you're down 2-1 in a series, and you've thrown a bunch of things at the wall against a team like the Clippers, for example, and it hasn't stuck, I, I just don't know what the threshold is that it would take for Malone to really try something, to really just kind of go out of his way to... He might Say, play okay, more hey.
2: minutes, but I don't. I don't think that he would switch up the starting lineup. I mean, unless it's an abomination, like when Will Barton yeah, lost his starting job last year, it's because it, he
0: was just so injured.
1: Right, he that's kind of what I'm thinking.
0: Is is that it? It just to me, the Clippers' starting lineup is the one that really, and and the Lakers too, because I mean, LeBron is LeBron, and and he'll force you to change your starting lineup if you're the Nuggets. But uh, I think the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George out there, and they're going to have Marcus Morris and Avisa Zubach out there as well. Yep. Like, they're big. They are are big guys, and the Nuggets are going to need to match up with them size-wise in some way. And I'm not sure if that way involves Gary Harris and Will Barton.
1: But again, I think you—if you're gonna say shift Will Barton to the two and put Gary Harris to the bench—I think you bring Jeremy Grant in uh, as your guy off the bench, and that's the adjustment you make. I don't don't know that you would do Michael Porter Jr. over him. No, it would be—it would be the test. Do you wait?
0: Do you wait beyond game one to do that?
1: Do, I well I think we will see that because yeah for, beyond game 1 I mean Malone he how long did it take him to pull Barton it was what game 4 when he finally took Barton off of the But that was lineup? against
0: the Spurs in the first round and I think I think it's fair to think that he could have come around to that one but when you when you're down 2-1 and you have to win a game on the road I think that was that was a clear time to pull I think if you're right. against the Clippers or the Lakers and and you see something staring you in the face I really do think it might be quicker that he that he goes to something a little bit different well, they, this they time around. They play both
2: LA teams in the quote unquote regular season, right? Yeah, yep. So he's got his time to see it. So yep. I suppose he could try what he wants to try, and then if it doesn't work, like he hasn't wasted a playoff game on it. But I don't expect you to. I don't expect him to show his hand, honestly. Um, it's very possible. I think they're going to treat it all like preseason, um, for especially against teams that you think are better than you. You're not going to show your hand. You're not going to mm-hmm. show them how you're going
0: to play. Yeah,
1: they'll they'll go all out against the Raptors and the Heat. Yep. And then uh, and the Spurs and those guys. But they'll they'll probably yeah the Thunder uh, and the LA teams. Those ones they'll probably keep it pretty. Yeah, they play close, playing close to, to the best. best. So
2: they're not, not going to show their adjustments. It's right. and so I don't expect the Nuggets to know in time for them to do that. I I don't think they're going to get that desperate. I would expect. You might play Michael Porter Jr. more minutes, but I don't think that they're going to mess with the starting lineup necessarily.
0: Either way, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I know it's six weeks out. I know we keep talking about how it gets closer and closer. I keep telling you it gets closer and closer because I want you to listen and click on our stuff. <laughs> but that's uh, it. Doesn't feel like uh, it's getting closer, Ryan. But it is getting closer. It, it really, it really is. It's it's a slow trudge as opposed to a a quick a quick and fast. Uh, Right, We're there. stumbling
2: towards the deadline Let's go You guys have
0: any other parting shots with Michael Porter Jr. before we go?
2: Michael Porter Jr. wants me to play Last of Us So get off the phone <laughs>
0: I plan on it. We are past due to let you go play. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiffs Show. Thank you so much to Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross, of course, for coming on. I'm Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn. Uh, make sure to tune into the next couple of weeks of our podcast because we're hoping to get more news and, and things that are happening. And we're going to start to hear some filter, some filtering of stuff coming through the coming through the grapevine because it it really is getting closer i do promise you that that we are we're going to start hearing some of this stuff and it's going to be interesting thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week